Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott Scott Podcast, and today I'm joined by Matt Templeton. How are we? I'm great, mate. Thanks for asking. So, Matt, Scotland, an absolute shambles, isn't it? Uh, uh, that's an understatement, mate. It's an absolute dire, dire straits at the moment. So, we'll talk about the Israel game. We'll kick off talking about that. Israel beat Scotland 2-1, mate, and we were very lucky. It was only 2-1. They battered us all over the park. We were shambolic. It was pathetic. It was, it was really, really pathetic, and... They're, they're below us in the rankings. We're maybe the better team. And they played us off the park. They really did us. They just they created more chances. Even when we went we went when up, I thought, nah, that was an undeserved lead. And obviously, they came back to beat us. And like you were saying, it was lucky. It was only two. And even the gaffer, McLeish, admitted that. And it was just probably the worst, well, one of the worst Scott performances, one of the worst nights to be a Scotland fan I can, I can remember, ever. Mate, they had 25 shots and we had seven we are lucky we've got a fantastic goalkeeper in Alan McGregor. Exactly, I've said in the pod before, he's a fantastic goalkeeper for, for Rangers and Scotland. He kept, kept Scotland in it, kept us in it. And this is an Israel team who, who like I said, they're, they're blows in the rankings. And up until this game, they, were, they, were, they got beat off Northern Ireland. But they, weren't, they weren't in great form. They're a team really should be beaten. Um, they made it look easy against us. And like I said, it's a team in absolute, who are not a good team. And the, the home form, I hadn't won so many games, and they came and beat us. It's just mate, they, they are ninety fourth ranked in the world, ninety fourth ranked. Exactly, I mean that says it all. And they look so comfortable against us. And how we're higher, I think I don't know. We've not qualified in a tournament for since ninety eight. I ninety eight. Last time we qualified. Right, so twenty years, we qualified for a tournament, and how we're above them in the ratings. I don't know, because how we're, like, we're terrible in qualifying for the last 20 years, and, like I say, I just can't get over how comfortable we made it against us, I've mentioned it a few times, just can't get over how controlled they were, and, 20, like I said, 25 shots is just, I don't care if they're at home, it is absolutely shocking. Yeah, Scotland deserved absolutely nothing out of that game, mate, see if we got a point, we would have robbed them, we deserved absolutely nothing, and it's not like we have bad players, we've got good players but they can't play together no they can't it's just they don't gel for whatever reason um, I mean like, you look at the individuals you look at like um, like you got Andy Robertson in that team you got Andy Tierney League yeah exactly you got McGinn McGregor no like Callum McGregor obviously um, mm-hmm. you've got good players in that team but they just can't mesh well together whatsoever they can't play with each other so, and here's uh, the big question right everyone has been talking about it Alex McLeish right He's under a lot of pressure right now. Um, do you think he is a man to take Scotland forward, honestly? Uh, simple answer is no. No. I don't think so. I think it was a wrong appointment in the first place. Uh, obviously, he's got a manager. Um, I think he's a good person. He, he was a good manager at one point. And his career, I don't think he is anymore. Um, and six out of... Six defeats out of eight games, I think that's his all, really. Um... <laughs> My stance on Alan McCoy, uh, Alan McCoy, sorry, Alex McLeish is, it's too early to say, right, It's too, I, I still think he needs a bit more time, but right now, it's not looking good for him whatsoever. When we appointed him, um, I was happy with it, I was like, that's a safe pair of hands, but right now, it's not looking great. The next two games are massive, um, if we fail to f- finish top of this group, I think he would have to go, in my opinion. But there's still like plenty of time, mate. There's still we've still got an opportunity to finish first in this group, right? 
We've got two games uh, next month against uh, Israel and Albania. We need to win them. Absolutely right. So, but we'll talk about his tactics and team selection, right? That's where my biggest concern is with Alex McLeish. Against Israel, we lined up 3-5-2. That did not work whatsoever. Andy Robertson playing out in the wing. No, that doesn't work. There were so many players playing out of position. Kieran Tierney, we need to stop. Kieran Tierney is not a centre-half whatsoever. I don't know where he's getting this from. Kieran Tierney cannot play centre-half at all. And John McGinn, he was pathetic against Israel, right? Kevin McDonald, the last two times I've seen him, right? The last few, two times I've seen him in a Scotland jersey, he's been shambolic. How bad was he against Albania as well? He was terrible. We took him off at half-time for Armstrong, and Armstrong made a complete difference, right? Kevin McDonald, he's good at Fulham, right? But in, at Scotland, international level, he can't do it. No, he can't. Um, and his job against Israel was to kind of into the back line kind of tied it up and he just wasn't there he was always running back he was always late he's a good player like you said but it's just it's just, it's just not working it's just not working for him um, and like you touched on it, Tierney at centre back I know a lot of people try to think say he is a centre back a lot of Celtic fans who obviously watch him week in week out say oh he's really good at centre back or whatever he's not a centre back no he's a and left back I think he can yes. do a solid job at right back right but I, yeah. he said to Alex McLeish he doesn't want to play there but I think it's needs must, mate. Like we haven't got, a, we haven't actually got a good right back, and I think Tierney could do a solid job in that position. And I'll do, I'll tell you my Scotland uh, starting eleven, the team that I would play uh, quite soon. But we'll stick on the Israel game right now. McGregor as well, he was poor. Uh, Russell, poor. All the players in the park were poor, apart from Alan McGregor, obviously. Um, but I just didn't understand the whole three-five-two system. I really didn't under, didn't, I did not understand that whatsoever. And McLeish, I don't know. He just it seems like he didn't have a plan B. He he seemed like he was stubborn in his ways to stick to this system, and it just did not work. I know. I, I don't know why he sticks with the system. Like you said, three five three is not working whatsoever. We got a one 0 victory against Albania with it, and even then I wasn't. Oh two 0 <laughs> And we're getting torn apart yeah. time after time again. We're creating, every team creates chances against us. Even, you know, like obviously, Albania had one or two chances. Obviously, we know what happened to Israel. And against the bigger teams, the, the, the Belgium or the Portugal, it just, it just, just rips us apart with ease. Mate, we, honestly, we struggled to like string a pass together. The players looked utterly lost out there. They didn't, we didn't, it was like we didn't have a game plan. They looked like they didn't have a clue what they were doing. And oh. it was. Honestly, that is the worst Scotland performance I've seen in a long, long time. My God, it was. I cannot emphasise how poor that was. And yeah, we, we move on. We'll talk about the Portugal game as well. Well, put it this way, mate, right? It was better. It was a better performance than Israel, but that's not hard. Um, nah, it wasn't hard. That was. He changed the system up. We went 4 4 2. First half, we were okay. So we were. Um, we were fine. And obviously we conceded uh, before the end of the first half. Then second half, nah, it was pretty rubbish to say the least. Um, obviously McLeish dropped a lot of the, the key players. Um, we brought Jack Kendry uh, into the fold, back into the fold. And my God, oh, how many times do we need to say it in this podcast? Jack Kendry is terrible. He's not good enough whatsoever at all. It's absolutely shocking. Um, I would say that at club level we can't do it. So if we can't do it at club level, what makes 
Alex McLeish think he can do it at international level. There's there's centre backs much better than him out there that who, who don't get a look in. Um, and he's he's, he's, he's he's like you said, how much more can we criticise him? Like we don't I don't want to criticise footballers because obviously the Scottish Scottish international sorry because they're out there and um, putting the badge on for Scotland represent our country. But at the end of the day, if you're not a good player, you're not a good player, and you shouldn't should be representing. Mate, it seems like some of the players don't even want to be there. It seems like some of those players don't even care. They don't give a toss, nah. right? It's like, for example, Lee Griffiths, right? We're going to him right now. What do you make of that whole debacle? Lee Griffiths, Lee Griffiths actually pulling out the squad and McLeish saying that he's been uh, snubbing his phone calls, that Lee Griffiths hasn't been getting back to him. What do you make of it all? Uh, well, to be honest, uh, I, don't, I, I don't blame McLeish for saying it. I think he came out and says he uh, would have same thoughts about picking him again. Um, he says he wants, like Griffith says, he wants to um, concentrate on his fitness. But what, a, what, what is there a better way to get your fitness up than actually playing minutes of football? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, just the obvious choice. You want to get fitness up. You want to play games of football. And if you, if if you like Griffith, right, if he's in your Scotland team, he's going to start every game, right? In my opinion, and that goes the game. That goes again for Celtic as well. If you Griffith in your squad, you're going to start him. And the fact that he's pulled out, he's always get fit, and your attitude doesn't quite there. Um, it's, it's, it's not good enough it's not professional for me it's, in my opinion I think he's just taking the huff because um, McLeish started Naismith ahead of him but then again mate Naismith is in form right so I think McLeish, is, McLeish has every single right to start Stephen Naismith because he's killing it right now at Hearts for the start this season off brilliantly scoring goals for fun he's leading the line terrifically well for Hearts so yeah, I think it made every sense to start Naismith ahead of Griffiths because Griffiths wasn't getting a lot of game time at Celtic. Uh, last month he wasn't at all. So it made sense, it made perfect sense to start Stephen Naismith. And I'm starting to think Naismith could be our uh, go-to guy up front now because I think that's who McLeish might go with after this whole Lee Griffiths situation. And McFadden said there's no guarantee Griffiths is going to get back in the squad after this. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, honestly... I play them both. Like as this is as much his attitude has been absolutely stinking. Um, I would obviously take him out of the team. I would have a strong blow with him that, and his attitude has been absolutely awful. Um, but at the end of the day, if he's fit, he's in the squad. I'd still play him, and I'd play in, as well. Yeah, in my opinion, I think it's a feeble excuse from Lee Griffiths, and I really do. I think it's a feeble excuse. I, yeah, I think he's just taking the huff because McLeish started Naismith ahead of him. And I think it's quite petty, and it's. Uh, I'm very disappointed in him, but then again, mate, I can't say I'm surprised. No, nah, I'm, I'm not surprised at all. He's always had that kind of bad attitude. Um, and I, if, you, if, you, if you look at it, obviously, it's Sydney Smith's been banging form this season. Griffiths has been in and out of the Celtic team. Um, so, yeah, you have to kind of stand by McLeish and say, well, based on form, Naismith, you're going to start. Um, of course he is. Um, and let's not forget, Naismith wasn't even in the squad to begin with. Mm-hmm, um, that's right. Originally, uh, it was at the last squad that even he came in. Then I, I came in late, yeah, and and, and he was terrific against Albania. Yeah. Got two goals, yeah, or one goal, uh, first one zone goal. But I, he done it. He was brilliant against Albania. So he was, and we would not have got the three points if it wasn't for Stevie Naismith. Exactly, exactly. Um, he, he obviously was brilliant that game. He got his goals. Um, and was obviously man of the match in my opinion yeah um, so if you're, if you're like Griffiths in the front that you have to say well fair enough then based on four he's, he's the go-to guy mm-hmm. um, yeah 
Yeah, as soon as he gets plugging away, I think it's frustrating as well because he's not getting his chance at Celtic. Mate, I've got a theory on this, right? Obviously, you were talking about Lee Griffiths attitude. I've got a theory, right? I think the reason he doesn't get a lot of game time at Celtic and for Scotland is because of his attitude. It, like we're all saying, he is a great player. That he is a terrific player, but I think his attitude is terrible. I just think that he he's, he's been acting like a, like an immature wee child. That's honestly, I really believe that. I think that's what he's probably like behind the scenes. Of course, players are upset they're not getting game time, but I think he handles it the wrong way all the time. Oh, 100%. If, if you're not happy about getting game time, the only way to solve it is get your head down in training and show the manager why you should be in that team, not talk about it. And all that. That's going to make you get even less game time. Obviously, like I said, it's your job. You're a professional footballer. Of course, you want to play games. And the only way to do that is get your head down and show the manager why you should be in the team, not not soaking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and <clears throat> obviously we were t- uh, talking about uh, McLeish's tactics and his team selection and his decision making. They've all been really poor. One uh, thing I want to go back to on the Israel game was the fact that McLeish never brought on Stuart Armstrong. Why was Stuart Armstrong, uh, Stuart Armstrong not starting? Because Stuart Armstrong is arguably, in my opinion, Scotland's best midfielder. He, I think he is terrific, right? I don't understand why McLeish never started him. Because obviously, going back to that Albania game, he brought him on. Armstrong completely changed the game. And we went on to win that game. I don't understand why McLeish isn't starting him. But he'll start Kevin McDonald ahead of him, who is not an attacking-minded player. But he'll start... Yeah, that's what I mean. He'll start Kevin McDonald, but he won't start Stuart Armstrong. Very baffling to say the least, mate. I think, I think the reason being is I think he's kind of in and out of the team at Southampton. He's not got a regular place. He looks at players like McGinn, um, McDonald's are getting kind of regular minutes for the, the clubs. But um, he's probably based on that. But in terms of when I mean, he came on, like you said, um, Armstrong looked amazing. He's like probably our best Matilda. But I think he's probably based on club 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 like appearances at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably isn't. Which should be the case sometimes, but maybe like Armstrong, who we know his ability, um, he, 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 would, he should definitely start. Yeah, see, Andy Robertson, mate, like, he's a terrific footballer, but his performance against Israel was so, so embarrassing. Like, it was so, so bad. I can't emphasise how bad it was. And these players can do it at club level, but at international level, they can't do it. And Andy Robertson. I just don't understand what it is. Like I know he's playing left mid, he's getting played out of position, but and obviously he does. I think I think he's actually came out and said that that him and Kieran Tierney are playing, getting played out of position, and that I think that's partly down to the manager's fault. Why Andy Robertson looked so poor against Israel last Thursday? Um, I mean, no, I have to agree. Like if you look at Andy Robertson, Liverpool, right? Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp, they've got each player knows exactly what they're doing. They've got a system in place that, that works wonders. Each player exactly knows what they're doing. Um, Robertson knows his job in that left that left um, side of the pitch, inside yeah. out for Liverpool. Uh, Jurgen Klopp tells him to do a job. He knows exactly what to do. But when it comes to Scotland, he's at wing back. I don't think his instructions are as clear. Yeah, Robertson is a left back. He is. He's a left back. He should not be playing in left mid. He should not be playing there at all. I, I just don't get it. Uh, and I, I, like honestly, I really do like Alex McLeish, and I desperately want him to do well. But the signs right now are not good. Like his decision making tactics, 
very alarming. So they are. And the next two games are massive. They are massive, right? If we don't talk this group, I'm sorry, but you would need to go. You would need to go. And I, I really, really hope it does well. But all, like, it all starts from the top, the SFA. Um, McLeish obviously was not my first choice. Um, like my first choice was Steve Clark, definitely, and I am stunned at the fact that the SFA never approached Kamarnock. Didn't even make an approach for Steve Clark. They they made an approach for Michael O'Neill, and I said on the podcast last year when people were talking about oh Michael O'Neill next Scott manager, and I said right there and then it won't happen. There's no chance he's going to take it, and I was right. There was no chance he's going to take it. Why do you want to leave Northern Ireland to go to another international job when he's from Northern Ireland and he's doing a fantastic job? But with them, so why would they want to leave to go to Scotland? Which is, let's be honest, a poison chalice right now. So it is, and uh, McLeish was obviously the second, the second choice. And I was like, okay, give him a chance. I like Big Alex McLeish. He's, I think he's a good manager. But right now, it just it seems like some of the stuff he's been saying, some of the stuff he's been doing, it's, it seems like he's out of touch. Yeah, no, he is. I think it's gonna come in. Obviously, how long he's been out of the game. He's been out of the game a few years now, and it's kind of coming obvious. So, so if so if Scotland were to get rid of McLeish, would, would you go for Clark Howe? Yeah, I would, hundred percent, mate. hundred uh, percent. But the question is, mate, will he take it? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not entirely convinced honestly, he will. I honestly don't think he will. No, I think Steve Clark is is in for the next old term job. I think I've said it in the podcast before. I think if Gerard goes in a few years or whatever, and He's still doing well to one of the Rogers goes whenever. I think both clubs will be looking at him. I think he'll be the next old firm manager. I don't think he'll take the Scotland job either, no. And no, I don't think he will. But see, that's the question, mate. Stevie Clark not sit back, right? Say we get rid of McLeach, right? Stevie Clark not sit back. Who else? McInnes? No, I, I honestly think McInnes would take it. Yeah, I, 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 I would. Yeah, I think he would. I think would. I actually think maybe would actually take it. But what about? There's not a lot of people out there, mate. There's really not. Um, I would see, if I was the SFA, right, I would, I would kind of push the boat out, I would do all the best, I would try and go for Jurgen Klinsmann, something a bit different, he obviously done well with America, he would come in and change your whole system I think, and I think you'd be a great appointment if we could get him. Yeah, I think he's a, a good manager, Ed Klinsmann, but right now we've still got McLeish, and I think people were being very overboard saying get rid of him right now, get rid of him right now. Like I know it's not been a great start. It's been a pretty shambolic start, right? But give them the next two games. That's what I'm saying. Give them the next two games because we need to finish top of this group, in my opinion. I think it's like shameful if we don't finish top of this group because we're in a group with two. Let's be honest. Poor sides, right? Albania are a poor side. Israel are a poor side. They're not good, and we have been under underperforming for a long time. We've got good players. We just need to. Get them, get them in the right system, playing the right way, and I think we're off to the races. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's like, like I said, I don't think McLeish was the right man in the first place, but there, there's no point sacking him now. At least, we enter this Nations League, whatever thing is, is over. Wait till that's over, then take it from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my, my gut tells me somehow we'll, we'll, we'll win those two games and be top of the group, then we'll, we'll go on to some more difficult games and take it from there. Um, but if he even I think he needs to get maximum points from these next couple of games if he drops two points draws against one of the teams I think 
that's, that's not good enough at all. Because all we need to do, all we need to do is beat Israel and avoid defeat against Albania, and that's us top of the group. Yeah. So exactly. But I think we need to be looking to prove a point and maybe blowing these teams away. Yeah, it's massive, mate. And obviously, we're talking about McLeish's uh, tactics, team selection, all that kind of stuff. So I've, uh, I'll tell you my Scotland uh, system and uh, my. My Scotland team, <clears throat> right? I would go a four-two-three-one, mate. I'm a big fan of that formation, and I think that that would be best suited for the Scotland team. And I think the players would flourish in that system. <clears throat> so here we go, right? Four-two-three-one. Al McGregor and goals. Right back, Kieran Tierney. Two centre halves, John Souter and Scott McKenna. Left back, Andy Robertson. The midfield, right? Stuart Armstrong, and wait for this, Ryan Jack. Right, out right, James Forrest, uh, attacking mid, McGregor, out left, Ryan Fraser, and in an ideal scenario, right, an ideal scenario, if uh, things got patched up or whatever, and he was scoring goals in the league, and he's back to his old self, it would be Lee Griffiths up top. That, that, no, that's... Pretty much my team as well. That's your yours. Um, right, mine would be McGregor and goals. Uh, left back of Robertson. Uh, oh, what's your system? 4 2 3 1 eh? 4 2 3 one, Same as yours. So McGregor, Kenneth uh, right back, Suter and uh, McKenna centre backs. Uh, Robertson left back. Um, then two old midfielders. I don't know with Kearney, Tom Kearney and um, Armstrong. And then they rotate Armstrong and McGinn. Um, I would go for Armstrong and Kerry's my top two midfielders. Then the, the right wing, I'd go for James Forrest. Dakin mid, I'd go for Steve Naismith. I'm confirmed. Out left, I would, I was thinking that Richie, but I think I'll, I'll edge up to Fraser. He's got a bit more pace about him. And then up front, I'd go, I'd go for Liga Fist. Yeah, but see if the concentration stays the way it is, right? Naismith is banging and goes for fun. And just say Griffiths isn't getting a lot of game time at Celtics, and now the team not in good form. It'll need to be Stephen Naismith, 110%, mate. 100%, yeah. And Naismith, you know, you can rely on him. Even if he's not scoring goals, he's still working hard for the team, and he brings a lot more than goals. And right now, he's banging them in for fun. Yeah, you're absolutely right, mate. <coughs> so, is there anything else you want to add on uh, Scotland uh, before we move on? Not really, other than just, just win the next two games. <laughs> that's it, mate. That's it. So, uh, we'll move on from Scotland and. Matt, the inevitable has happened. Neil McCann sacked from Dundee and Dundee appointed a new manager today, actually, and it was Jim McIntyre. So, Matt, whereabouts do we start with Neil McCann? It's been a long time coming. None of us are surprised at this decision, what Dundee, which Dundee made the other day. Um, what do you make of it? Uh, no, we've been seeing it on the pod for, for a couple of weeks now. It's, it's been coming... Uh, like we said, we both wanted Neil McCann to do well, but I think it was only a matter of time, really. Uh, we thought maybe once he got that win, he could maybe kick on from there, but ultimately he, he lost to Kilmarnock. And uh, it cost him his job. Um, he lost that game in uh, dubious circumstances, though. Um, obviously, Kilmarnock got a penalty, um, and it should no. never... They got two penalties, obviously, uh, but it was a penalty which won in the game, and it was a dive, a blatant dive from Jordan Jones and that effectively cost Neil McCann's job. And the second penalty they got, Dundee saved it, um, but that penalty 
which uh, Dundee scored, no, Dundee, uh, that Kilmarnock scored, cost Neil McCann his job. And you know what Neil McCann said to referee uh, Kevin Clancy right after the game? You've cost me my job. You cost me my job, and it cost him his job. Um, that was that was a really Jordan Jones. He should be really ashamed of himself. That was really bad. He got a two-match ban. Totally fair. Um, totally justified. But I was arguing this guy on Twitter, right? And he's a journalist or something like that, right? And I can't remember his name, right? But he put up he put up a tweet saying that Jordan Jones should get banned for the rest of the season for that dive. And I was like, Are "You having a laugh? Really? A bit harsh, a bit harsh mate. That was. I thought it was." <laughs> Stupid what he said. It was like utter nonsense. I couldn't believe I read it. And then I was just like, that is one of the most that, stupidest things I've read in a long time. Yeah, no, it's, uh, that's, 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 that's ridiculous to be honest. But what, what I would do is, like, obviously, the SFA have um, banned Jones for the dive. But then if they've banned him for the dive, surely they should take away the goal then. And, I mean, it makes sense. Obviously, he's dived, he's treated much later goal. Surely that goal should be taken away. That makes the most logical sense to me. And then Dundee would have been a bit of a better situation where they should deserve the Woody. Uh, should have got a point out of that game. Like you said, obviously, cost him his job. He's, he's telling the ref, you've cost me my job. And he has, and I think Kevin Clancy and John Jones should be should be ashamed of themselves. Like, cost Jones for, for absolutely diving like that, which was embarrassing. Or like, is it Olympics or something? Doing the, the, the gold? Mm-hmm. And then um, Clancy for even giving it um, just shows us that like, again. I, obviously, Jones is terrible, but again, I, we go back to every week. It just goes to show the poor, poor standard refereeing we have in Scotland. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, mate. Like the standard refereeing is just shambolic. It gets worse and worse every single week, and it's I feel as though every week in the pod we always need to, need to talk about a bad refereeing decision. It's just like the common thing now, mate. I know it should not be that way, but it just shows you how horrible the standard of refereeing is in our uh, game. But then again, mate, right? Like it's been see the start Dundee made. It's been really poor. It's been a terrible start. And honestly, I don't think Neil McCann has any complaints. I think no. Dundee they gave him a bit of time. Obviously for this season, but they, like they could have sat them sooner, but they gave them to till October time, and it was. I'm I'm afraid it was the right decision. It had to yeah. be done, and r- rumor has it right. Uh, Dundee were actually looking to bring in a director of football to help out uh, Neil McCann, and Neil McCann was very annoyed at that, and I think that was just the uh, the straw that broke the camel's back, and the party ways after that because Neil McCann obviously. He thought he didn't need any help. He wanted to do things his own way. And when the board said, right, we're going to bring in a director of football um, because the signings you made have not been good enough. And McCann obviously took offence to that and he wasn't happy with it. And that, in the note, they probably got in a bit of a heated argument about it. And then that's what uh, happened. He lost his job and they appointed Jim McIntyre. And I think that is a very good appointment for Dundee. Jim McIntyre has done a fantastic job at Ross County and I think Dundee have a real good chance now of staying up this season yeah, especially yeah, since I've got Jim McIntyre yeah. any, any kind of job that looks unsafe or any jobs available I always say Jim McIntyre um, he's obvious choice I'm pretty sure I said a few weeks ago uh, on the post I may be wrong but I'm sure I did that if the camp wants to go McIntyre would be the man and probably would be the man um, and ultimately he's come in 
Um, it's important to obvious choice. It means a bad choice. I think it's a very good choice. And like I said, I think he'll do some good. Um, he'll get the team going. And I think he was very unlucky to get sacked from Lushkin anyway. Um, and know what happened when he sacked him, mate? Went down. They went down exactly. So yeah, they were they were like they were getting uh, power hungry. They were, the Ross County were thinking they were better than what they they were because obviously the previous season, I think it was was it the previous season? It was two seasons ago. Cup, they won the league cup, and then they were thinking, oh, like, I think we've outgrown Jim McIntyre. Let's get Owen Coyle in. Then Owen Coyle left halfway through the season because he didn't have a clue what he was doing, and Ross County were in a mess. Now look at them; they're in the championship. So. Yeah, the Ross County only they only have they've only got themselves to blame for the predicament they're in. Should never have sacked Jim McIntyre and Dundee have got a good manager uh, on their hands, so they have. And uh, it looks like Big Kerry will be quite uh, disappointed he missed out on that one. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, but I think he's quite happy it's in Johnson. Yeah, and apparently um, he was really feeling the pressures at Livingston. Some of the players have said, uh, like this is what I've uh, heard, that some of the players uh, have said that they noticed Kenny Miller was really struggling uh, with the pressures at Livingston, trying to be a player and manage at the same time it was getting to him. So I don't yeah. think we'll ever see Kenny Miller trying to combine both roles. I don't think it's healthy on him. And player managers, they really work. It worked at uh, Hamilton with uh, Alex Neal, uh, so it did, but Alex Neal barely played. So yeah, players, exactly. player managers, it's a, it's a dodgy thing. I don't think, if I, well, if I was a footballer, I would not be a player manager, I'll tell you that. I would just be, well, yeah, exactly. And so it, if you're going to be, you can't combine two, both the roles. It's just too much pressure, too much work. Just be, just be one of two, either one. Exactly. If you're, if you're on the pitch playing, how you may manage a team from the sideline, Obviously, you can't you're playing, but if you're up there, like you know, up there playing up front, how you may manage the team, like, how you may see tactical decisions. And exactly, that. and what if you are playing right and you make a shocker of a mistake and you cost the team a get cost the team a game, right? Then you go in to the dressing room and then you're trying to rant and rave, and then the players will be like, "Here, mate, you cost us a game. You have no right to be having a go at us." So, it's exactly. dangerous territory, in my opinion. Exactly, uh, I think. Kenny Miller will be a good manager one day, but I just think it came too soon for him. Um, not just that, like you said, play manager thing came too soon to him. I just don't think it really worked out. But I think he will be a good manager one day, like I said, but just not just now. Mm-hmm. Ah, you're right, mate. So we'll move on. We'll talk about this whole Paul Gascoigne situation with the, the Hall of Fame, the Scottish Football Hall of Fame. And what a shambles... That was me. I cannot believe that uh, that actually went down. They nominated Gaza, right? They put the nomination forward. Then it wasn't like they, like it wasn't. This isn't the SFA's Hall of Fame. This is Scottish Football Museum's Hall of Fame, right? And so they put the nomination forward. They sent the invitation the invitations out to the SFA, and a few of the SFA guys said, "We're not turning up. We don't like Paul Gascoigne. We don't think it's right. We're not turning up." And then the Scottish Football Museum got cold feet and they were like, oh no, a few guys from the SFA aren't going to turn up. So they cancelled his nomination and I thought that was shameful in my opinion. It's, it's, it's disgusting to be honest. Like, well, okay, we all know that Gaza's history, he, he, if he's drinking, obviously he hit his wife and that. That 
that's inexcusable, right? But the guys, these guys have problems, you know, right now, and this could have obviously showed, this could have showed the fact that he got the Scottish Hall of Fame could have showed how far he's came as a person, and the fact that they, they said he was going to do it, and they rejected it, and mental health, well, I don't know if you're aware It was the day it. after the mental health day, mate, I, exactly. the day after mental health day, and they said they had concerns about his mental health, like, that, it's that is terrible. Ridiculous. It is. But the main thing is, the one of the main things I'm really annoyed at, and I thought it was really, really cool what they done, why nominate him, right? Why say, right, Paul Gascoigne's going into the Scottish Football Hall of Fame and then cancel it, just because a few guys from the SFA said they're not going to turn up. Exactly, it's another reason why, reason why the SFA are absolutely shambolic. Like you said, the guys had issues with mental health in the past, He's, yeah, he's getting his life back on track, mate. You're right. He's trying to get his life back on track, and he's in a decent place right now. And the fact that they came out and done that, I thought it was very classless, mate. It's very disappointing for them. So it was. But guys, a fair play. Did not let it get to him. Did you see the tweet that he put out? It was like no harsh feelings, no hard feelings, or something like that. And uh, <laughs> what was that? It was a video with him scoring against Scotland. So it was, I was like, fair play, big man. That was really nice to see. And Paul Gascoigne, one of the greatest ever footballers to ever grace our game, mate. One of the greatest footballers to have ever played the game. Honestly, the guy was world class. And Rangers were lucky to have him. He was phenomenal. And you got to love a good old Paul Gascoigne story as well. Like, there's so many of them out there. The guy, when you see when he's not on the drink and he's in a good place... He looks like a fun, fun guy to be around. And obviously, he's had, everyone's got problems, everyone's got issues. Every, and Gaza, he's had his past, and his past, he, of course, he should be ashamed by it, but he's getting his life back in track. And that could have been a nice moment for him, going into the Scottish Football Hall of Fame, and just went and cancelled it like that. So, it was very, very poor, but honestly, I can't say I'm surprised at that kind of behaviour. Nah, not at all, like I said. Football ability, yeah. And he's one of the genuine, like, you don't get, there's not been many world class players in Scotland, let's be honest, but he's one of the genuine world class players, not only in Scotland, but in Britain and even the world. Um, he's always, not he's up there with like Messi or Ronaldo or whatever, but he was genuine world class. Mate, he's, a, he's in the same uh, class as Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard, Paul Scholes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. he is. 110%. 100%. It should be based on football ability, and like we said, in that bracket of footballers, there's no reason why he should not be in the Scottish Hall of Fame. Yeah, exactly, mate. So, we'll move on from that, and we'll talk about um, Rangers, <laughs> obviously. Um, so, we'll talk about uh, the Rangers game from uh, the other week, Rangers and Hearts. Rangers ended Hearts' uh, unbeaten run, and... Uh, Mate, first half Rangers completely battered Hearts, and the first goal <laughs> that was a, that was a weird one. Uh, Hearts have no one to blame but themselves. They switched off. They never played to the whistle, and they were trying to claim offside or whatever it was. They were trying to say no, 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 that goal should not stand. But it 
it was a perfectly fine goal. Hearts just completely uh, switched off and made a, a big, big mistake. Yeah, I don't even know what they were. Exactly, I don't even know what they were trying to claim. Like when it happened, because everyone in the stadium was looking at each other, like we were just waiting for the flag to go up or something. Then we're like, oh, <laughs> no way, and then just go go up and score. So I have it was a brilliant start, and that just set the tone for the rest of the game for Hearts. And first thirty minutes, mate, we completely battered them. We did, mate. Like three 0 up in the first thirty, right? And Morelos. My God, that second goal, unbelievable. Scotcher, mate, unbelievable. Well, it was, it was, it was, it was absolutely, it was God. Like, it was, like, we've touched on a few weeks ago, Sinclair's goal, his back heel, and I'm not trying to make a Rangers Celtic argument here or whatever, that was a fantastic goal, uh, we were about to go against Aberdeen, but I thought, um, Relish's goal was, was better, I think, because it was just instinct, it was just in the moment. And it just looked better as well, I thought. Oh, yeah, absolutely <laughs> agree. Absolutely fantastic goal. And just like you said, that whole first half, I just can't go over how good you were. And we just, let's not forget, Hearts, top of the league, absolutely flying at the moment, and we made them look like they are bottom of the league. Yeah, yeah, I really cannot believe it. I was, I was stunned at how good we were. And I said on the podcast uh, before the Hearts game, I said, I'm confident we'll win it. Even after the Livingston game, I said, I'm still confident we can beat Hearts. Next weekend, I was like, I'm confident we can do it. I know we will, and we've done it. Because I, I see at home, mate, I feel like we can beat anybody. Ibrox is a fortress again. Exactly, and we both said that we both thought we could beat Hearts. I think I said 2-1, um, so I was one goal off. Um, but at home, the, uh, the past few seasons, our home form has been poor. Um, but Gerard has, has he's got that fear factor back at Ibrox. He's, he, wanted, he said he wanted to make it a fortress. And that's definitely what he's done. It's, uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's we're absolutely amazing at home just now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've, we've got an unbeaten record at home. Um, and we're playing some good stuff, mate. Playing some really, really nice stuff. Knocking the ball around well, creating chances, playing with a lot of confidence, mate. And tell you one guy, especially, right, I'm going to single out right now, who is playing with so much confidence right now, Daniel Candace. He has been fantastic. This season, especially the last two games, mate, he's been unbelievable. He's been absolutely fantastic, and he was a player of the year uh, last season, and he's continued that form into this season. Oh, mate, and he was good last year. He was, but this year it's he's different class. Like honestly, mate, he's fantastic. He's just playing with so much confidence, taking players on, creating chances, and that back heel against Rapid Vienna. Oh my days. The amount of times I've watched that, unbelievable, fantastic, mate. And seeing the Hearts game, mate, we stuck to the same formation, same team selection, 4-3-3, and the front three were phenomenal. Ryan Kent, my God, mate, I'm praying that we get him on a permanent. He is tremendous. He's absolutely fantastic. Um, and I'd love to get him permanent, but I think if he can use this form, I've got a few teams in for him, I don't doubt. Um, but he's playing here just now. And if we pay the money, there's no reason why we can't get him. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's, he's still young, he's still got a lot to learn, but he's, he's, he's full of confidence, he, he can take on a player, he can get past the player, 
and he's added goals to his game now, which he didn't have at the start of um, his Rangers career. Um, he's certainly got it now, and I think any defender who comes up against him is absolutely mm-hmm. scared, reckless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Hearts defensively in the first half, they were not good. They were poor defensively in the first half, and Morelos, like throughout the whole game, pretty much bullied them. He Morelos bullied the Hearts defence completely and Morelos done that against Rapid Vienna as well like Morelos for a small guy he's a, he's a tank he's very strong and he just bullies defenders holds the ball up well link up play is fantastic and see when Morelos has got confidence there's no stopping that boy no he's a confidence player and obviously that 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 that, that goal we touched on the second goal. Oh, that was yeah. unbelievable. Like that, that is a guy who's just oozing with confidence, mate. I, I'm saying it now, I think we can get over 10 million for that guy. Exactly. I mean, if Dembele, I know we go on about it all the time, but if Dembele was worth 20 million, I mean, well, is, if he scores 30 goals this season, which, you know, I wouldn't put it past him. Um, Glennie's current form, uh, there's no reason why they can't get over 10 million, if not a similar. Um, kind of bucks that Dembele got mm-hmm. um, I, I know he's still got a long way to go he's still a developing player but if he continues his form and just gets better and better he'll be a fantastic player for us and I'd, I'd love to keep him people, like obviously I'm saying there you said uh, we can get this that and next thing for him but I, I, I don't want him to stay to be honest I don't want him to go I know who's saying mate and uh, he's not going to go cheap I'll tell you that Gerard has made that clear he will not be going unless it's a really really good bid that we get for him but yeah um, second half, I was thinking hot, so they might, I, I was still like, okay, well, I know we're winning 3-0, right, but still, you never know, never know with Angels, so I was like, we'll wait and see, first 10 minutes, I'll really set the tone, see if Hearts are going to be up for it, but, but no, they, you can just tell, they were defeated completely, they knew they were defeated, and when they got that guy sent off, Michael Smith, which was a, it was a red card, 100%, for, um, and obviously that's when the game was done completely, but in the last half an hour or so, Rangers, uh Took the foot off the gas, and it's understandable because obviously players had a big game Thursday night. Players looked fatigued, uh, a bit tired, and their hearts went. Uh, obviously, went on to get a goal, consolation. So it was, but uh, you can't really complain the player. You can't really complain too much and have a go at the players because it's understandable. Players were a bit tired, fatigued, and we got the result. That was the main thing. I mean, we had to get the three points against Hearts, and we done it in uh, good fashion, mate. So we did. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, there's no point going it for it in the second half because if we're tired, we can make a mistake. They could get another goal. Um, could be could be shaky at times, but yeah, job is done. First half, there's no point going the second half. Just gonna keep the ball, keep possession, and uh, make sure they don't hit us in the counter attack. And we've done that very well. Yeah, it wasn't like they had. It wasn't like they didn't create chances. Um, they created quite a lot of chances, right? And. We're lucky we've got a great goalkeeper in Al McGregor. See if that if we had like Fodrum in goals, mate. I I don't know, man. I think there's a good chance that could have been a draw because they did have a lot of good chances, especially in the first half when we scored and then they went right up the pitch. Uh, so they did right away, right after we scored the first goal, they went right up the pitch and then McGregor made a phenomenal save. Like McGregor is going to be getting us a lot of points this season. That's for sure. He's going to be saving. He saved us so much already this season, and we're just so grateful to have him. Like, like in our sticks, he, I think he will be our player of the year. If he if he doesn't get hurt, he will be our player of the year. Because I think I don't know what it is, mate. Like, see, before when he was at Rangers, he was great. But right now, I think he's even better 
than what he was first time round. I know, and I think it's just maybe that experience and just the fact he's got his second chance at Rangers again. He's wanting to make the most of it, and he, he made two important saves in the first half against Hearts. Yeah, two very important saves, um, which obviously you know, and uh, helped us get the three points. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think yeah, I think it's better the second time around. Um, he's only got a two-year contract. He's come to the latter stages of his career. You know, wants to make the most of it. Show why he's the best. Show why he's number one. And that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah, exactly, mate. And uh, happy times, mate. Happy times. That was the best way to end uh, for the international break. So it was. Two fantastic wins, especially uh, the week before we lost to Livingston and people were overreacting, as per usual, overreacting. They were saying, no, this and that. Or they were coming out saying, Gerrard's no the right guy, utter nonsense. And they'd be bounced back by getting two fantastic wins against Rapid Vienna and Hearts. So, I mate, it was happy times are back at Ibrox and just so much quality in our squad, mate. I say it every week, so much quality, especially out in the wide areas, up front as well, defensively, goalkeeper, midfield. Rangers have got a good team. First time I've said it in a long time, mate, we have finally got a good team that will only get better as the season goes on. Definitely, and we've got a, just, you know, maybe the last couple of seasons we've got ahead of ourselves, we said, oh, we've got a good team, but not this time, we genuinely do have a good team. We've got a manager, a young, hungry manager that knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's far anyway. Um, and I think he could be a great manager if he, if he not already is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he, obviously, he came in, he saw where he needed to strengthen, and he really did strengthen. We've got pace on the team now, we've got that grit in midfield, we've got solid, 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 solidity at the back. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a few tweaks here and there. Um, what would you say the tweaks are? Back, but what? Sometimes we do look a bit shaky. Uh, oh, do you think the tweaks are like at the back, or? So we've got solid depth at the back, but like I've seen it, it's a bit shaky at times at the moment. But I think we've got that kind of that kind of solidarity in midfield now. That yeah. Oh yeah, no, uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, one hundred percent. Our midfield is stacked, mate. We've got so much quality there. We do, in the final third as well. And see where we're on the topic of Rangers. Um, I'll bring up Kyle Lafferty. Um, obviously, Kyle Lafferty pulled out of the Northern Ireland squad. And Northern Ireland are trying to... I think they've actually... They're not trying. They've already done it. They've blocked him from playing against Hamilton this Sunday. And I think that's very, very petty, in my, uh, if I'm being honest. Because I think he said to uh, Michael O'Neill that he was hurt or something. And now he's apparently fine. And Northern Ireland are annoyed at it, and they've tried to. No, I'm saying tried. They already have. They've gotten blocked from playing against Hamilton this Sunday. What's that all about? That doesn't benefit anybody, you know. Like that doesn't benefit anyone. That Kyle Lafferty will take an offence to that and be like, "See if you're going to do that, I might not want to play for Northern Ireland anytime soon if you're going to hit with that kind of behaviour." I'm being truly honest, right? As much as I want him to play this Sunday, yeah, he's a fantastic player. I can kind of see why they've done it because um, Lafferty said he had a, a Kelly's injury which just came out of nowhere I don't really believe he's injured and he's obviously fit to play Sunday and uh, uh, the Irish FA have, have blocked him from playing um, which to be honest I don't know really about him um, if he's suddenly fit now um, why wasn't he fit to play for Northern Ireland um, the answer is he didn't have an injury in the first place in my opinion and for whatever reason he didn't want to play and 
even though we complained about Griffiths earlier on, at least he just, at least he said he didn't want to play, didn't fake an injury, which I think Lafferty has done. And as much as I love him, like I said, I think, I think it's fair enough what the Irish FA have done. But that's just going to leave a sour taste in everyone's mouths, in my opinion, because Lafferty is their best striker, hands down, right? And he is their talisman. He's their go-to guy. He's Northern Ireland's go-to guy, right? And if Northern Ireland don't have him, they, they do struggle, right? They don't have another... Who else have they got up top that would get the goals that Kyle Lafferty gets? I know. Yeah, I know, but, but... I see your point, but... I don't think it will bother Lafferty too much. No, nah, I don't think it will bother him too much, but I don't know. I feel as though it's just going to leave a bad taste in everyone's mouths, and it's just a very unnecessary thing, in my opinion, for them to do. But we'll get by just fine. Um, we've got Hamilton this Sunday. We need to win that game. Our home form's been fantastic this season, but we just need to sort that away, that away form out in the league, get that sorted, and we're off to the races 100%. So... Um, well, that's uh, a nice wee segue onto the games this weekend. I'll get the fixtures up. Hold on. Oh, and oh, we, well, I'm doing this, mate. Um, did you see what Craig Levine said? Craig Levine said that if, let's see, I think it's the, the next five games, next four games or so, um, will prove, will, will basically determine if Hearts are going to be title challengers or not. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, if they come out this and they're still top or thereabouts, you have to say they're top contenders. If they're not, I think it, it kind of shows to go to show it was just a good start, nothing more. Yeah, if they have a poor month, uh, right? If they have a poor month, right? Then that that will really like determine. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that will be it. If they have a poor month, then that's in. They're no title challengers. But the, the, as you said, the, that then people just say, "Oh, it was just a a good start." That was it. So. Uh, I personally think it's just a good start. I don't think they are title contenders. Because let's be honest, at the start of the season, would you say Hearts were title contenders? You wouldn't. No, I, I did say if Hearts beat Rangers, then they would have been title contenders, but obviously they never. So, um, hold on, mate. Bear with me. Let me just get this up. I should have got this up earlier. I've got them here if you want. Oh, fantastic. Read them out then. Okay, so... Celtic at home to Hibs. Oh, that's going to be a tasty one, actually. Um, Celtic at home to Hibs. Oh, Hibs actually beat... Uh, who was it? I think it was St. Johnson. They beat them 6-0. 6-0, yeah. Was well, it St. Johnson? Probably everyone at the moment. <laughs> was it St. Johnson, yeah? Yeah, St. Johnson 6-0, yeah. Um, they're going to that in uh, Compton, so they will be. Um, and Lennon's actually got a pretty decent record against Celtic. Um, I'm going to say... 2-1 Celtic See I think both teams will score definitely um, No, I, I, Sorry to interrupt you mate Sorry a wee correction there uh, Hibs beat It was St Mirren 6 number, I think No it was uh, Hamilton no. Sorry it was Hamilton They beat Hamilton 6 now. Aye it was Celtic Aye it was Celtic Aye Celtic beat St Johnson 6 now When uh, uh, Hibs beat Hamilton 6 now. So I'm going to say 2-1 Celtic um, You know what yeah, both teams to score, but Celtic are always good at home, so yeah, I would, I would say the same 2-1. Um, they've got Livingston at home to Dundee. Uh, big Jim McIntyre, yeah, first game in charge. Livingston obviously made a good start. Um, they got a draw, I think, Livingston against Motherwell last game. Um, uh, yeah. I am going to go for one each. 
I'm going to go for, even though Dundee have got a new manager in, Livingston have been fantastic this season, so I'm going to go 1 0 Livingston. Um, oh, this will be a tasty game. We've got Hearts at home against Aberdeen. Oh, that's going to be a tasty one. Um, Aberdeen don't have a great record against uh, Hearts. Um, if, I'm, if I recall right, I don't think Aberdeen beat Hearts once last season. Um, so, Hearts, is that Tyne Castle? So, it's a big one. Hearts uh, obviously lost to Rangers last game. Aberdeen beat St Mirren. I think it was 4 1. Um, but then against St Mirren, they're in poor form right now. Um, I'm going to go for a, a Jambos 2 0 win. Oh, that reminds me. I'll bring this up actually right now. The whole Aberdeen allocation. You see what happened there? Aberdeen uh, have only sold ten thousand tickets when they asked. I think for um, twenty three thousand tickets or something like that. They've only sold ten thousand. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Aberdeen are a big club, and um, like, yeah, and uh, can't even sell it like right? Like Rangers and Celtic are genuine big clubs, right? Uh, I'm not saying Aberdeen aren't, but they think they still are. Um, like Celtic and Rangers, no matter what, they always sell at their stadium. Aberdeen think they're part of that and think they're one of us, and they never ever sell at their stadium at Petodre. So how in the hell do they sell at Hamden for the allocation? I don't know. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's really really poor, and it's not going to look good uh, on TV when you see all these empty seats, mate. It's not going to look good whatsoever. Exactly, you may as well just give it to Rangers fans. Yeah, and the, well, that's, we want to what we need to do, right? We want to tell what the SFA need to do. Charge Aberdeen for the, the unsold tickets. Charge them. Because that is that is shambolic. It's not going to look good. Rangers have sold out their allocation, right? Our end is going to be full, full completely. Then you're going to see the Aberdeen end. There's going to be so many empty seats. And it will just look really poor on our game. And... Oh, it won't. It'll be a poor advert as well when they see all these empty seats, and then uh, if you like someone watching it down south will be like, "Oh, there we go, Scottish." But look at all, look at all the empty seats there. Does not look great. So what I would do is charge Aberdeen for the unsold tickets. Yeah, no, that'll 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 teach them. Um, I can't see it happening, mind you, but that'd be a good kind of lesson for them, like to show. Listen, if you're not going to sell your tickets, this is this is what's going to happen. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really embarrassing. Like it just shows you, like as you were saying, Aberdeen think they're a pure massive club, right? And they asked for twenty three thousand tickets, and they've only sold ten thousand already, ten thousand, and the semi finals next weekend. Exactly. That is exactly. terrible. That is <laughs> that's laughable to say the least, mate. It really is. But yeah, so obviously I forgot to bring that up, and then uh, before we. Uh, and this will bring up a couple of wee things I forgot to mention earlier. Um, so, what's the next game? Uh, so, we've got Motherwell at home to St. Johnson. Motherwell at home to St. Johnson. Um, I'm going to go for a... 3-1 St. Johnson. 3-1 St. Johnson. I'm going to go for a 1-H. Um, then we've got St. Lydon at home against Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock, 2-0. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Come on, 2-0. Now we've got Hamilton, Rangers. 2-0 Rangers. I'm confident we'll win away from home. I'm definitely, I'm confident we'll get the job done. And uh, it's a must-win game, obviously. We cannot afford to drop points. 
at all. No. We need to win our first away game in the league. We need to. So is that all the fixtures? Yeah, uh, so a couple of wee things I want to bring up before we go off. Um, see, Robbie Nielsen got the Dundee United job. Yeah, I did, and I think that's an extremely good appointment. I think it's. A, I think that is the best appointment they could get. I think they are very lucky to get Robbie Nielsen. Robbie Nielsen done a fantastic job at Hearts. Inky Dons, he was on his own there. Didn't really work out, but Hearts had Craig Levine as director of football, and a lot of people think he was pulling the strings, but. Robbie Nielsen was the guy picking the team, right? Obviously, he had some assistance when it came to signings and whatnot. But Robbie Nielsen, regardless, he was a coach. He was the guy picking the team, and he got Hearts promoted from the Championship, cantered that, ran away with it, and in the first season of the Premiership, finished third. That was fantastic. Then he went down to MK Dons, didn't work out. He's back up here now, and I think Robbie Nielsen could be the guy that will get Dun United sorted out. Hundred percent. Definitely, he obviously done well at Hearts. It's with Hearts and Championship, isn't it? So, um, done well for them there. He's got experience to that level. Um, so yeah, I think it's a fantastic appointment. Yeah, definitely is. And Gary Caldwell got the Thistle job. Alan Archibald got the sack. And uh, I'm not surprised at that, mate. I would have got rid of Alan Archibald at the in the last season. Um, and I'm surprised they never. Um, but yeah, I think it's a decent appointment, Gary Codwell. He got Wigan promoted to the Championship, uh, so he did. And I think he went to Chesterfield not long after that, and it didn't exactly work out for him. Uh, but apparently it was quite a, a basket case at Chesterfield. Um, but yeah, I would say that's a decent appointment for uh, Thistle, so it was. And uh, yeah. aye, so Gary Codwell, new Thistle manager, and Nielsen, new Dundee United manager. Very good appointment, I think Caldwell especially. I think he's a fantastic manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nielsen as well. So exciting times for Thistle and Dundee United. That's it, mate. Aye, so is there anything else you want to bring up before we head off? No, I think I think we've pretty much covered everything there. That's it, mate. So uh, until next week, guys, um, take care and we will see you soon.